So we've got uh, one person in the chat that's not me or Teresa. Who is it, Doc? No, it's Mark All from Alabama. Well, let's the... give him a show. All right. <laughs> 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 Agreed, Irish. Disney Vault Talk presents Rebel Yell. Star Wars Rebels discussion and commentary. With your hosts, Teresa Delgado and Steve Wilson, and a few surprises along the way. And now, Disney Vault Talk's Rebel Yell. Well, in a galaxy where Callus has apparently turned good, Sabine has abandoned her family for her real family, and, uh, man, the Emperor just keeps running roughshod over everybody, we have a hero, and her name is Mon Mothma. And we join up with Mon Mothma in this episode that is being touted as a historical episode of Star Wars Rebels. It's called Secret Cargo. We're going to talk all about it here on Rebel Yell, and to help me do that, of course, is the man who still has yet to have be inserted into the intro, ladies and gentlemen, my brother from another mother, Erish Chernavice. What's happening, man? Hi, Steve. Hi, Erish. So glad to have you along with us. <laughs> it's a somber day. What is up? I'm excited to talk Secret Cargo. This was a, a great episode. This was a great episode, but ladies and gentlemen... I just more excited for this. I got a drop I got to play right now. I'm Ahsoka. I did serve. It may not be Ahsoka, ladies and gentlemen, but she's better than Ahsoka. She is the lovely, the talented, the powerful Teresa Delgado. Hello, Teresa. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. Too much Moana. Hmm. Too much, too much. <laughs> it was either your welcome or Mon Mothma. I was just going to see whatever came out of my mouth, and it ended up being that. Mon Mothma. Mon, hey, Moth- Mon Mothma. Hello. The- I have a question back. for I have a question for Irish. I don't know if he knows this. Why is Mon Mothma named Mon Mothma? Because it kind of sounds like a bug. Do you know? Moon Mother. Moon Mother. <laughs> what? She did an interview one time, and she was talking about how she felt like it meant something to the to the extent of Moon Mother. Oh. And she went on the lady who originally played her, and she went on this whole thing about how she was looking at the moon through a telescope, and she saw that it was round and not flat. And did you ever think about that? And so, yeah, what? yeah. Uh, mm. Mon Mothma sounds like a rejected Godzilla villain name. Or a rejected Godzilla monster name. Well, yeah, it's funny. Mark in the chat said, why are you named Teresa? Um, Well, I'm named Teresa um, after St. Teresa. But the more interesting story is my middle name. So, Mm. Shall we? 
You really want to know? What if we did a Godzilla? You, you, yes, now we do. Now that you, you're there, you just open the door for it. That's so right. You kind of have to tell us. I feel like Mama Lowe's told you the story, Steve. Maybe mm, not. I don't know. If not, she should have. She tells everybody else. Um, so my middle name is Denise, but it was originally supposed to be the nephew. Um, Rich- Rochelle. Oh, okay. But my mom looked at the initials if she named me Rochelle, which would have been T R D. Mm-hmm. And uh, yep, that's exactly why I was not named Rochelle. <laughs> okay. So you're a backwards DDT now. Well, actually, and then the other thing was that she thought she should make me the same as my brother, and he's JDD. Mm-hmm. So she switched out the R for a D name. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, all right. Well, my my grandfather wanted them to name me Chef Boyardee. So. <laughs> and, and all three of my nephews, I campaigned, I campaigned to have at least their middle name be Chewbacca. And I lost out on all of them. Oh, my gosh. I'll remember that for future nephews and nieces. I'll start campaigning (laughs) now. It's like a great name. Who doesn't love Chewbacca? Listen, I've been saying that it's not the... the most loyal friend there is. Well, I'll tell you straight up, Eris, what I've been saying over on the Geek Out Loud and other places is that I'm not calling this the Han Solo standalone film. It's the Han Solo and Chewbacca standalone film. Nice. I like that. Yeah. I'm tired of my Wookiee friend not getting any love. I'm getting any love well, up in this piece. It should be the Chewbacca and Han Solo film. Well, okay. I mean, if you're going to go alphabetical order, I'm just going. Go. I'm just going pilot co-pilot. We all know that it's really Chewie that's flying the Falcon. <laughs> Han's just sitting there flipping switches. Uh, we know it was Chewie that talked Han into going back. I just imagine off camera in, in A New Hope what's happening is, is Chewie's just barking at him the whole time and he's like, fine, we'll go back. <laughs> yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Another reason Chewie deserved a medal. Um, Which he gives away, <clears throat> by the way, in the Chewbacca comic. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah, he gives that sucker away. But they, they and the Chewbacca comic was really annoying because they had no translator for Chewie, so the whole time I had no idea what he was saying. Okay. I'm just if you haven't read it, it's like what are you saying? I haven't read it. But he's You know cuz they always put it like in a little bubble like because there's somebody there who can translate or sure. somebody says like, yeah. "Oh, Chewie, you you know, they respond to him so you know what he said." In the comic there's nothing. There's no context she's like okay basically yeah well where are we at we're doing rebel yell teresa welcome back as we said secret cargo before we get into secret cargo teresa um your thoughts on this season some high points for you you got any that you can think of? Yeah, you know, and it's funny. I actually was sort of mentally taking notes from the episodes I missed, and I can't remember what I wanted to comment on now that you guys said in the Sabine episode and then in the one with Kanan. And I feel like there was two things because I was was talking to y'all as y'all were talking okay. in my car. But I don't remember what they were. But the season is getting better and better, but it's like I'm starting to be able to see the end Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> and but I'm loving how Rebels is 
tied into the story. So really, they're making it an essential must-watch for Star Wars fans. Because if they want to see how some of their stories in the films really take root and start, Mm -hmm. they have to watch this. They're making animation as important to the Star Wars timeline as the films are. Right. And the books. And I love that. Well, what'd you think of the old Sabine two-parter where she left us? She's gone now. Oh, God. Uh, At the end, I was like, seriously? (laughs) Like, okay. Uh, But then I thought, hmm, maybe we're going to have a live-action Sabine film. Because they left that door wide open, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, well, that's kind of cool. But I really like those episodes. Oh, that, that jogs my memory. Okay, you guys were all really upset about like how she turned her back on Gar Saxon, you know, yes. and she's like, she was like, you know, yield, and then she turned her back. And the thing is, is that I chalk that up to a teenager that is still very intelligent, knows her knows her Mandalorian history. She knows all that stuff, but at the same time, she's been with this group of rebels that is really deep down good hearted, you know? And so she's not cutthroat anymore, or if she ever really was. And she's what, 17 years old. And she just maybe naively just turns around. Like, I don't think that it showed any lack of her character. I don't think that they missed, you know, missed out. I think that was like that on purpose to show her youth and that she still has a lot of room to grow. So I remember thinking that while you were talking. Mm, okay. You're, you're wrong. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> no, that's a good point. That's a good point. I, yeah, I think it's just an expectation. I, of, I, I hadn't thought of that, the the lack of experience. And honestly, you know, just following up on that, if she's been exiled from the Mandos for a number of years now, you know, she's not in the same, not, not necessarily in the same mindset. I think you make a good point there. See, this is why we missed having you on. Yeah. We needed this. Yeah. I also think there's a there was a bit of a naive trust of Mandalorian honor. Yes, that too. Like if he's down, he's down. Because I don't think Gar Saxon had any Mandalorian honor left. Right. You know, so no. whereas if she had been fighting somebody else like Finn Rao or, you know, somebody, it would still be there. But he he's so far into the Imperial juice. yeah and it's it's all about him too he's not doing this for his clan or his people or other mandos he's doing it for himself yeah and then in the callus episode the through imperial eyes Mm -hmm. uh i did like that episode but i'm so glad they didn't keep it in the first person like shaky cam because i was like okay if this is the way the whole episode's gonna be i'm gonna get nauseous well you know how i feel Uh, about shaky cam yeah. So I'm glad that that was not a thing. But I do agree with you guys about <laughs> playing the Thrawn uh, song. You mean that's one? Yes. While he's like working out. 
Oh, by the way, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, did you see the video? No. That was made. Yeah, and you can go over, anyone can go over right now to geekoutonline.com, the official blog of the official podcast of geekoutonline.com. Anyhow, geekoutonline.com, and the first post is, The Real Thunder from Down Under is named Stuffity. And our friend at Stuffity on Twitter uh, came through with my request of making the video with the workout song being that. And it was everything I asked for it to be. It was hashtag glorious. And it, it, it was perfect. I'm, that is so <laughs> awesome. Even the bit where he closes the door and then you hear it muffled. Yes. Yes. Oh, so good. It was so good and so funny. So please check that out. Give uh, give Stuffity some uh, some views on this YouTube uh, video of his on the channel. It's it's only up to 103. I feel like we can do better than that. Get Stuffity and Shaz Bazaar. Um, get them some attention for what they do because man, great work, great work all around. So. And just uh, since I said Shaz Bazaar. Shaz Bazaar. Shaz Bazaar. Shaz Bazaar. Shaz Bazaar. So, yeah, that was um, stuff that he doing. Was that was fantastic. Oh, did you see it? That's <laughs> <laughs> great. aims to kill. Oh, it's good. such good stuff. Very funny. You can see the video at geekoutonline.com. I encourage everyone to go check it out. Uh, it's just an embedded YouTube video. And give give Stuffity the the views. He'll I know he'll appreciate it. Um, hey Steve, yes. take a look at the chat. Take a look at the chat. Uh, better than seagulls. Uh oh. Is that what he said? Yeah. Stop it now. Come on. Rocket. Rocking and rolling down to the beach. I'm strolling, but the seagulls poking my head. Not fun. I said seagulls. Mm. Stop it now. <laughs> oh, I love that song so much. Everything about it. Uh, it's a toss-up between that and Throw Names to Kill. I'm telling you, I jammed to some Throw Names to Kill. Shaz Bazaar. He knocks it out of the park on that. Mm -hmm. Now, Erish, you were not on Disney Vault Talk for our last episode when we were talking. We had this great idea for me during Celebration. I have never been on Disney Vault Talk. I know, which is a travesty in and of itself. But here's what I was saying I should do. I have this little speaker that attaches to my backpack that I wear to cons. Mm -hmm. And we had this idea that we put Thrawn... Um, the Thrawn song, what was the other one? The Seagulls, and then some other song, Steve. Yeah. And then I walk around the con floor dancing. <laughs> I love it. This music, like, really loud. Well, I think we just do all kinds of, like, Star Wars parodies and dance music on there. Like, that's your playlist. You got the Seagulls song. You got the Thrawn song. Uh, you could do uh, you could do a little New Wars from a couple of years back with the with episode seven parody, you could do. You certainly have to come by and play the Thrawn song for Tim Zahn. Yes, yes, and I and and put a little Jedi rocks on there from from the special edition Return of the Jedi special edition. Um, do it all, just do it up. Some then do some lofty neck from the original Return of the Jedi. Put some Miko on that mess. Oh, 
You're the Star so Wars anyway, boombox. You know Someone what? You, has you to record do, me walking could, around dancing to this stuff. You could do that yourself, Steve, if you would only come to Celebration. Oh, well, Erish, you know what? I, I would just direct people to today's episode, The Big Honkin' Show. And if you hear the first 30 minutes of that show, you'll understand why I can't be at Celebration. Well, so. I am not giving up. I've got another, what, five weeks? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not giving up. Well, I appreciate that, but I just I can't see it happening. Um, you know, when listen, when you're sitting there in the morning doing your morning routine, and all of a sudden all the lights go out, and you're like, "Oh, I forgot to pay the power bill." All right, let me go. Let me go dig through the cat the seat well, cushion for some change. You know what? You got no power. You might as well come to celebrate. <laughs> Oh, man. Let's get into Secret Cargo, gang. Let's do this thing. So um, this episode is, I mean, it is, in the Rebels Recon, Filoni used the word historic. This is a historic moment for the Rebel Alliance. And it starts out tricky enough. They're they're hiding in a debris field. They're using the old Millennium Falcon parked on the side of a ship move. Uh, They're they're in the Ghost. And... um, and we get one of those scary, you know, robots that talk real weird coming through in a. And what? It, yeah. <laughs> it's well. The thing is, it's not. The thing is. <laughs> he's caught in the loop. Oh my I gosh! Just, I just transmitted your coordinates to the empire. Well, the thing is, it's not even a man. It's more of a. It's a. That's it's that kind of thing going on. And and he's kind of freaky, but uh, but we find out immediately that they're waiting, they're having to wait in secret, and then of course they fired up, and um, and now they're detected, and and they meet up with Gold Squadron, Erish. I love that. Good old Dutch Vander made me so happy to see Dutch. <laughs> Dutch Vander once took a Wampa's arm right out of a socket with a Y-wing sprocket. To Dutch Vander, that son of a. Um, but the thing, the thing I'm loving is that, like every episode, we're getting closer to a new hope, mm-hmm. and, and not just in the story, but you know, now there's a there's a reason we're seeing Dutch Vander now. There's a reason we're seeing Mon Mothma because we're getting closer to to that original movie. Yeah. You know, Am I where, supposed to know who Dutch Vander is? Well, he's Gold Leader from. He's Gold Leader from A New Hope and Rogue well, One. Well, I just know him as Gold Leader. I'm sorry. I didn't know his name was yeah. Dutch Vander. Target is marked like, and locked in. You don't have like 53 copies of the trading card for Dutch Vander on the Tops Digital app. Oh, I haven't opened that app in like six months. Mm. I know, but if you opened it up, I bet you you'd have like 53 cards for Dutch Okay, Vander. well, you know what? While you guys discuss some Dutch Vander, let me go check. I mean, I have it on my phone. I just don't open it. Well, Eric, they say... I mean, that, that's how we know all these characters' names like this. That's true. the trading cards and things like the that. The trading cards so. and the... And the um... Yeah, but in the movie, he's just gold leader. Mm-hmm. Right. That's... Uh, gold leader standing by. Yeah, when the thing about Gold Squadron is they seem to be looking down their nose a little bit at Phoenix Squadron when they show up. You know, based on what just happened. Uh, 
they seem to yes yeah in particular Ezra and Zeb right you know they're not they don't give they don't give Hera that same looking down their nose well attitude. she's Captain but, she's Captain yes. Sindula yeah yes but to Zeb and to Ezra there's a little you guys are making it difficult for us mm-hmm. oh wine <laughs> wine yeah. wine yeah, wine exactly. Well, exactly. you know what? I don't. The, the, they got. Uh, I forget who plays. Who does the voice? They brought in someone to do the voice of of Gold Leader. I know that if they need a Red Leader, I'm there for him. Because Red Leader, you know, he's got that Southern accent going. I think I could do it. Luke, <laughs> take Red. Take Red Five and Red. Well, you are Red Five. Hold on. Just hold him off for a few seconds. That's what that's that's Red Leader from. Hold him off for a few seconds. Yeah, I uh, I can do Red Leader form if they want me to. I'd like to offer my services. Um, but yeah, they seem to be. But they also seem like they're looking that way at him. That they're kind of looking down at him. Not just because they're making it hard, but they also seem to carry themselves almost like they're a little more disciplined, a little more military to them, maybe. Than, than what Phoenix Squadron has had. Phoenix Squadron has definitely been, and by Phoenix Squadron, I mean particularly the Ghost Crew. They've really been operating up to this point as just kind of a little rebel cell, just kind of a ragtag little group. Honestly, everybody has. Been. Right. And that's the historic nature of this episode is that, that you know, we keep referring to, to throughout the course of Rebels, we keep saying rebel alliance and stuff but there is no rebel alliance right it's just all these small little individual cells Mm -hmm. and the importance of this episode is that this is the episode where mon mothma brings all these cells together and forms the rebel alliance Mm -hmm. yeah which is so so amazing and so they've all got their own little unique ways of doing things and their own methods and strategies and stuff um but in the terms of what you were just saying about this gold squadron being a lot more formal and stuff i mean they are the ones who are escorting mon moth right so you know they're gonna be sort of the best of the best to do that teresa we we're we're here we were introduced to mon moth for the first time in rebels uh uh, obviously, it's a big deal because she's bringing the Rebel Alliance together. But why? Why else is it a big deal that she's here to you? Why is? What makes this so great to you? Well, to be honest, before this, I never really understood why Mon Mothma was so important. Mm-hmm. I was just she was just in you know like Return of the Jedi, and then you know outside of that, until we started to get the books and like she shows up in Lost Stars and then she's in Bloodline and then she's in Rogue One and now in Rebels, I'm like, oh, crap. Empire's End. Okay, well, you know what? I'm reading that right now. Well, she's in all the Aftermath books, isn't she? She has a big role in Empire's End. Spoilers! Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm currently reading it, so I don't I don't know. But uh, for me, it was like, oh, okay. She's really important because she's the one who basically brought everyone together. And it was at that moment in this episode that I said, wow. 
This is so cool. Yeah. And like the way she just said, screw it. I don't care about my life and all this stuff. I care about preserving the lives of everybody else. And, you know, Emperor, you suck. And like all this stuff. And I was just like, yeah, woohoo. <laughs> um, it was just so neat. But it's like, it was like this super slow buildup with her for me. And now all of a sudden I'm on this Mon Mothma train. Well, you know, you mentioned, you know, she shows up in Jedi, and I remember as a kid seeing Return of the Jedi, and we'd seen in Star Wars, you had Dodonna, who Ayers hates and thinks is stupid. Um, and Steve loves. I just think you got to... Did, did you see him in this episode? I sure did. I was glad to see him there. Good to see Dodonna get a little love. And then in uh, Empire, you had um, you had General Riken, you know, who was kind of the top dog. But when you got to Jedi and they're all meeting there, uh, talking about the second Death Star, there was just something about the way that Mon Mothma carried herself, the way that she addressed, you know, it, it was this, there was a quiet passion and, and intensity in the way she was delivering things. And when she says many Bothans died to bring us this information, that line delivery is so good in as much as, like she's heartbroken and devastated, but she's also like remember the cost that was that, that's here. She really carried herself like you. I don't know, and this is just me as a kid with no reference point, no, you know, no trading cards yet, no reading the backs of any cards or books or anything. She just hit me as this is the woman who's been behind it all the whole time. I mean, is 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 that is that? I don't know if maybe that's just me doing that. And Teresa, I know no, you, no, I no. Think- Go ahead, Eric. I think it was all. I think it was all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, when we saw Jedi, I think we all had that same feeling. Like well, and just, I think. Sorry, go ahead, Eric. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. My, I was done. <laughs> <laughs> well, so like for y'all, it's much different than me because you guys were seeing these as they were coming out. You know, for me, I started as a little kid, and the first movie I remember was Return of the Jedi. So I didn't it didn't make sense like she was just there and she was like you know many of these animals died this is little kid animals (laughs) in my little kid brain okay that they died so that you know they could have these plans so that they could you know get rid of the big thing and so for me i was like uh okay so it's taken all of this time i don't i didn't have that same build up you know mm-hmm. and i was too little to kind of understand the political ramifications and what a rebellion was i just knew bad guys good guys you know so i think this is helping me a lot just to be able to i don't know maybe rediscover the original trilogy i don't know if that makes sense no it does but when you watch that scene like i i think and i'm talking about the scene of return of the jedi i think when you watch that scene compared to the, the I guess the uh, the comparative scene would be the briefing scene in in A New Hope, and then just watching Riken a couple of times there in, in Empire, where he's talking about it's a good bet the Empire knows we're here, that sort of stuff. A death mark's not an easy thing to live with. You're a good man, Solo. I hate to lose you. You get the idea that yet yeah, Dodonna and Riken, they're high ups, they're they're leaders in the Imperial, they're uh, in the Imperial and the Rebel Alliance. 
but just the way Mon Mothma carries her, like it, it was a it was a great performance, and it's and she becomes a character then that for the rest of Star Wars fandom from that point forward, you are kind of asking questions about. You know, in the Legend series, you know, she went on to be the 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 chief, the you know, basically the the head of state until she turned it over until she retired and uh, and that sort of thing. And and you just like, yeah, of course this woman's going to lead. Of course she's the one. And like you never question it. It comes from those few minutes, and we only spend a few minutes with her in Return of the Jedi, and um. And so, yeah, I'm like you, though, Teresa. To see it here, it just kind of begins to expand that and give you a new appreciation for this character. And then not only that, but then tack on to what we see in Rogue One. Yeah, and I think, see, I think Rogue One helped a lot as far as her role. I mean, she is the prominent figure. All those other people that were around the table, I don't know if we'll ever see any of those people again, you know, when they were in that circle and Jen was trying to get them to go with the plan, you know, to go to Scarif and everything. And so she, that moment for her was super, super huge. But, you know, just back to Return of the Jedi really quick, I was always like, Admiral Akbar's the best. Oh, yeah? <laughs> so I didn't... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So I didn't really pay attention to Mon Mothma, which makes me feel bad. But at the same Admiral time, Akbar's I'm getting this best. new sense of discovery with her, which yeah. is really cool. So... I don't know. I mean, I this scene in Rebels totally could have been something done as a part of Rogue One somehow, maybe. And it would have been really cool. But I'm liking that they chose to keep this moment in Rebels. Do you mean her speech? Wait, which, which scene? With her speech and with the thing. Like, if it had taken place, like, before everything started in Rogue One. You know, if it was like, they could have made it a live action, but they didn't. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So like her bringing them all together. Yeah, but I mean, with Rogue One taking place so close to uh, to New Hope, I I can't see them showing unless they did it in flashback in Rogue One. But yeah, you need time for this all these individual cells to gel together. As uh, and, and even in Rogue One, we see that they're not entirely gelled together. I mean, there's dissent there's argument about what the moves should be made and then basically literally those who attack scarif go rogue from the alliance mm-hmm. well until they find out that they're actually there attacking scarif and they're like well we better just take all of take them and go we better get the alliance right together and but go. i mean yeah. it's it's a sizable part of them mm-hmm. that uh you know that that decide to do it, and yeah. then Radis, the, the old warhorse, there. You know he can't wait to get into the action. So <laughs> he's like, "Now screw it, we're going." Bring a hammerhead cruiser. <laughs> um, when you when when you talk about that speech, the Teresa, you liked it. Eris, how did you feel about it? Oh, I thought it was great. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. I, I, it, it, she had the two speeches. She had the one. At the beginning of the episode that we see in the Holonet mm-hmm. news, where you know she is attacking Palpatine, right? You know, and that I think that that's the other importance here is that she is, as as far as we know, she's really the the most prominent individual to flat out attack Palpatine the way she does, you know, and, and, and challenge him like that. Um, and so that speech is great. And then her speech at the end where, and I loved how during that speech, it's cutting away to the different cells. Mm-hmm. You know, 
we see Bail Organa and your boy Dodna. We see um, we see those on Lethal, uh, Clancy Brown's character. I can't remember his name. Yeah, I thought um, he was dead. Why did I think he was dead? Uh, maybe because you thought you saw him die. <laughs> in the last episode, he was in. He didn't I die. No. No, I, I don't think so. They got away. The last episode that he was in, wasn't it the one where uh, Ezra used the force on the, the walkers? Yeah. I thought they all got away in that. I thought somebody died. Somebody did die, but I don't think it was him. Oh, okay. Uh, well, clearly it wasn't. No, him, clearly, because there he was standing there in his, in his weird-looking um, hat and everything. But the other thing I liked is that the Athorian, the hammerhead dude from, mm-hmm. I think it was season one, yeah. Like you see him, the bartender, he's in that scene. That's right. So like they slip in characters that we've seen throughout the series. And yeah. then we had, you know, our Rebel Cell crew with uh, with Rex and uh, AP5 and some of the other characters uh, standing around. I love that we got to see all of them mm-hmm. watching her speech. Yep. I like you just get that great moment with all the ships. Well, and I, I was gonna say I like when she's like, "Are you with me?" And then everyone's just, and then it just kind of blank for a minute. And they just sit there, and then they all show up. I do have a question: How did they all know where to show up? If she's broadcasting this across the galaxy, was it encrypted to just the rebel cells, or was this like? Yes, but it was also they knew that this was happening. You know, she. You know the the coordinates had already been set for this meeting. Um, you know when when she's talking to Hera about it, and Hera's like, "Oh, you mean the meeting? Like, it had been out there already that they were going to have this mm-hmm. meetup." So um, the so I think that the individual cells had been supplied the coordinates already, yeah. and that it was her showing up there and making the speech that was the trigger for them all to okay now we gotta go right I think meetings in Star Wars are weird they're all in their own ships around a planet <laughs> it's like can't we all just sit at a table and talk well they will eventually but well, I mean you but gotta... they will yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, they'll dock up with each other. Or they'll take shuttlecrafts back and forth. And by the way, I mean, we, Home One was one of the ships there, the big Mon Cal cruiser. I was going to say, do you? So that's probably where they all wound up, like having their little uh, tea and little biscuits. Powwow. And Teresa, for Home One is the ship that looks like it's got I bubbles all over. I know what the Home One is. Okay. The Home One is Admiral Akbar's ship. Right. It looks like an egg. Well, that we'll see, yep. and that's the thing in the behind the scenes gallery on StarWars.com for this. It says concept art for Home One. Now there is one Mon Calamari cruiser in 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 the lineup when they when they show up in space. It, so it, you think? I guess it has to be Admiral Akbar there, no, doesn't it? It, it, it should there. be Admiral Radis. Mm, well, see that's but it says but the concept art thing says Home One. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Well, maybe Akbar takes over that ship for Radis. I assume that ship got blown up real good. Oh yeah, maybe. Which one? Didn't Rad- Rad- or Radis, Radis, Radis ship. die? Yeah, Radis, Radis died, died. Yeah, at the oh. end of Rogue One. Yeah. Oh, maybe all of the all of Mon Cal ships look the same. Well, I mean, yeah, it's a it's a model of ship, but I'm just saying there's just and they the have one glass floors. And in that final shot, there's just the one Mon Cal cruiser, and I and and this. But there's but there's Mon Cal. Uh, 
there's Mon Cal frigates. Sure. A bunch of them show up. Right. Nebulon B frigates. Right, but that's not what Radis. I'm just saying. It says home one. Are they just using home one as a as a? Do you think a substitute or or is are we to believe that that's Admiral Ackbar's ship there? I think we're to. That is home one. Now okay. whether Akbar is on that ship, we don't know. Well, I'm pretending he is. Because we're still years out from Return of the Jedi. Sure, but we're still we, you know. But that is definitely. I mean, it's home one because right. it said so on the the the, the gallery. Right. On StarWars.com. Right. Um, I like, too, that the Imperial Air Wing thing is in there. That goes back to, what was that, Season 2 where they stole that? Oh, yeah, yeah, the big uh, the big cargo ship? Yep. Yes. Yeah, the, the Imperial Light Carrier. That was, a, that was a Chopper episode, wasn't it? I believe so, yeah. But they needed, a, they needed a ship for all their A-Wings, That's so right. they stole that. So I like that that was there. We see all the hammerheads yep, that they got in the, the Leia episode and that we see in Rogue One. And it's a, so I like that even with the ships, we're starting to see connections mm-hmm. to to the movies. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's the first time we've seen on Rebels the Mon Calamari cruiser like Home One or those Rebel frigates. Or, or the frigates, yeah. yeah. The, they're headed for the medical frigate. That's from yep. Return of the Jedi. From Return of the Jedi. Um, also, the TIE Defender is unleashed in this episode first time we've seen that Teresa, that's the tie fighter with the three panels it's the funny little cuts on the side that give it away yeah <laughs> what are you wait a minute dexter are you dexter jester here to break down the different various and sundry poison darts in the galaxy yes mm, the cloners um so the tie defender's a big deal it was in a video game wasn't it back in the day Irish? Yes, I believe so, yes. I think in the TIE Fighter video game. In the TIE Fighter video game. Not okay. positive on that, but I think so. Um, so I know a lot of people were losing their minds over seeing that. I don't have much to say about that, except for it was old, uh, It was uh, Tom Skerritt flying it. <laughs> Skerris? Viper. Yeah, Viper was flying this thing, this bad boy. That's a Top Gun reference, Teresa. Yes. Um, I, I know okay. I've seen Tavka. Well, and in, in the episode where we met this dude, he had a mustache and he looked like Tom Skerritt, and his name is right. Skerris. So I don't remember. Got I it. don't know if you remembered that or not. Well, I, I mean, I can't I remember when you were you here. Guys talked about it, but um, I know I've seen the movie. Yeah, I just couldn't remember if you were here when we talked about it back in the day. It's like one of the few Tom Cruise movies I actually like. But. And how cool does the uh, does the ghost look with those Y wings? Park to the side. Whoa, I was so gonna say, funny. I was gonna say, how cool does the ghost look with those big fuel tanks underneath it? Yeah. I love the look of that. Yeah, I, the ghost docking situation is really always cool to me. But if you look at when I look when I was looking at the ghost from the back and it had those things, I'm like, what kind of X wing is that? And I'm like, oh, that's the ghost with Y wings on the side. Yeah, I just thought it looked really neat. And um, you know the. The Ghost is an interesting ship because it seems like it can do everything. Yeah. And things can stick to it, like, all over, on the top, on the bottom, on the sides. And even early in the episode, the way the Y-Wing came up through the, the cargo bay mm-hmm. floor with, like, the, the force shield on yep. it. It just docked and they were able to jump in and out of it. Well, hadn't we kind of seen something like that before with the Ghost? Like, way back in season one? 
may have. It's not ringing a bell. That's... I mean, we have basically seen we have basically seen every craft possible dock with the ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's a cargo ship, primarily, right? Yeah, but the Millennium Falcon is a cargo ship, and I can't remember ever seeing anything dock with the Millennium Falcon. Well, you That's know, because the Falcon's not as cool as the Ghost. Oh no! Oh, wait shot a now. minute, <laughs> Teresa. You don't, uh, I love don't, saying don't, things that are going to get under y'all's skin and make you go, mm. Don't you blaspheme. <laughs> you don't mean that. I really like the ghost. I mean, that's fine. I like the ghost, too. It's a really cool ship, but you don't mean that it's... It's, it's no Falcon. Yeah. Come on. Okay. I just want you to take it back. I don't mean to gang I up feel, on you right I now. I feel bullied right now. Oh, do you? Oh, do you? <laughs> You're the one who started this. You're poking bears? It's like going to the bear cave and yeah. sticking a stick in yeah, and ramming it all over. Bear and, then you, and then you get sad when the bear gets angry. Yeah, you're like, oh, I feel like this bear's... You poked the bear, Teresa. I feel like this bear's attacking me for no reason. <laughs> but I'm getting bullied. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've uh, missed being on this show. Uh, but yeah, the Y-Wing stalking with it w- was really cool. I thought that was cool. And... um and so, and I'll tell you what else I thought was cool, guys. When we cut to the when we cut to the scene where Thrawn is talking to a lady from Indiana Jones and Price, Price and the Go- other dude, Governor Price, Governor Price, and Constantine, and yeah, was it Admiral Constantine? Was that his name? Yes. Which, by the way, Callus nowhere to be found. Um, well, yeah. But I like the fact, like, I mean, y'all. Thrawn's sitting there, and he's like, here's what Hera's going to do. Here's what Captain Syndulla is going to do. She's going to do something you wouldn't expect. And then he's like, the nebula. Go wait for her on the other side of that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's got him figured out now. I mean, this is scary Thrawn. I mean, we're there. He's learned them, and now he's, he's, he's basically heading them off at every opportunity. Look, he's clearly seen Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan and knows that the nebula yes. is the way to go. Oh, there you go, Irish. <laughs> now there you go, poking a bear. Oh, come on. Did you not think of Wrath of Khan? When they did the one over... And, and, and granted, I loved the nebula scene in this episode. It was really exciting. It was really cool looking. The animation within it was awesome. The, like the heat waves and stuff going on. But you can't watch a space battle in a nebula and not think of Wrath of Khan. Well, when they did the overhead shot of the Y-Wings going through, yes, I was like, oh gosh, they're about to do a Wrath of Khan moment. And and that kind of ticks me off because I don't like Wrath of Khan. I've made it very clear. I think it's a boring oh, movie. Oh, I'm going to pretend I just didn't hear that. I'm going to pretend you well, didn't bring Star Trek into my Star I've Wars. I've never seen it. So. Yeah. Well, don't, Teresa. That, You'll that, hate it. That I can accept, but this, I don't like Wrath of it's boring. We're, it's a boring we're movie. On. We're moving on. You know what's a boring movie? What's the that? The first Star Trek movie. Yes. Oh. The first God, Star- they pan into the Enterprise for like 30 <laughs> minutes. It's like, <laughs> make it stop. <sighs> and then they cut, and then they come back to it, and it's like, you're at the same place you were 10 minutes ago. Eric, did you know I watched The Shining? The Shining? The the Shining. Yeah, I'd never watched it before. 
It's uh, I, I don't know. It's it's a difficult movie for me to watch. It just creeps me out. I, I was not scared at all, but I did come away thinking that ain't no real hotel. <laughs> ain't no way. Isn't The Shining based off of a real hotel? Uh, some of the exterior shots and stuff are, but all the interior stuff is uh is sets, and they moved everything around to make it feel weird. But anyhow, that's a whole different subject. Um, the Nebula, back to the Nebula situation. I did think a little bit of Wrath of Khan, but I also like the fact that, like, Hera, to get those TIE fighters off their tail, like, flies down close to the star, you know, as yes. as long as they can. I mean, like, it's a cool thing. And, of course, they telegraph the whole how they're going to get away when they go and just, like, disarm your proton torpedoes. It's been known to catch fire. And I'm like, oh, here we yeah. go. You know, that's... Actually, I didn't, I didn't see... I... I didn't see that coming. It didn't telegraph it to me. Really? No. Airish. And, and yes, in, in hindsight, I could totally see it now. But I don't know. I was just so into this that I wasn't, I wasn't picking up on stuff like that. I just was really enjoying this episode, watching it. it was I was kind of the same because when she said, "Oh no." Shoot your t- proton torpedoes into the nebula. I was like, oh, yeah, because it'll blow up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Do that. Teresa turned into I the mean, Kool-Aid I, man. I, I, I'm literally <laughs> watching the nebula scene right now as we're talking about it. And it just the colors and it's so vibrant. Like, I just it's I think it's some of the best animation that they've done on the show so far. That was a really I really cool. dig this scene. Yeah, I agree. I have a question. As I, I'm not sure if I'm remembering things right or wrong or what, but uh, Palpatine in the Phantom Menace, when he's talking to Darth Maul, says something about a particular nebula. Is it the same one? I don't remember him saying anything about because it. Because I was, I we just started rewatching. Um, we're doing like a mini Star Wars marathon where we kind of like watch one a night, and so we were watching the Phantom Menace, and he talks about this nebula, and I'm like, I, for some reason, it triggered in my mind. I'm like, I wonder if that's the same nebula, but I couldn't remember the names that they called. I don't, I don't remember him call, talking about a nebula. To- <sighs> It's when, yeah. it's when he's talking to Maul when they're on Coruscant and they're walking on um on the like balcony thing. Maybe I, I heard it wrong. Maybe Teresa, I'm going to tell you, know. you heard that wrong. Yeah, um, there's no talk of a nebula. Yeah. There. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's still in my DVD player, so I can go at check la- it and make sure we'll, I'm not crazy. <laughs> at last, we'll reveal ourselves to the nebula. At last, we will have our revenge. No. <laughs> he says, move against the Jedi first. Yeah. So when they're on Coruscant or when they're on maybe Naboo? Not. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. Or maybe it was... I don't know. I don't remember. Darn it. Darn it, I have to go watch Darth Maul again. Dang it. Oh, like that's really a chore for you. Yeah. Well, get used so to it much. while you can. Soak up all the Darth Maul you can. You hush your mouth. I think he's going to die. I don't. You also think he's going to die? He lives forever. Whatever. And ever and ever. Mm-hmm. In my heart. Maybe. Yeah, in, on, uh, in the Star Wars dat, in the Star Wars.com data bank. Yes. It just credits the Archeon Nebula just to Star Wars Rebels. Okay. 
So that one in Rebels is the Archeon Nebula. Right. Okay. And there's not a nebula mentioned in Phantom Menace. There probably isn't, and I'm probably crazy, but, you know. You may be right. But you're probably wrong. I may be crazy. <laughs> but it just might be a uh, lunatic you're they, looking for. When they do fire the proton torpedoes into the nebula, I love that effect. Like, yes. just the... the, the it, the igniting, burning gas, just like bathing Star Destroyers was awesome. Well, it was also really great to see, um, to see, uh, to see the, the, the ion cannons in action mm-hmm. on the Y-Wings, because they, they bring that back in, uh, in, in Rogue One, bring it back, so to speak, in Rogue One, um, you know, when they do that to disable the one Star Destroyer, they end up pushing into the shield ring. Right. So, uh, and those were done by Y-Wings, I believe. And Ezra loved that Ion Cannon, man. He's like, what is that? <laughs> yes. What is that? It's like, I'm all... Well, and we also see the Ion Cannons in uh, on Hoth. You know, the big, right. the big The big Mama Jamas, yeah. Firing up at the Star Destroyers. Right. We see... We see one of the Star Destroyers get hit by an ion cannon and disabled. And the first transport is away. Yes. Woohoo! Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also, back in Clone Wars, if you remember, that's one of the things that Grievous, he had that ship that was just one giant ion cannon. Yeah. I forget what that was called. But, yeah. Uh, it, it, uh, oh. Malevolence? Malevolence. Malevolence, yeah. Yeah, an ion cannon was like on the side of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of Clone Wars, it's still on Netflix, and the date has been removed, so it's not going away, y'all. Oh, really? Oh, that's fantastic. That's good. It's great. Maybe a lot. May I, I guarantee you, what happened is people like were like, "Oh gosh, we got to rush to watch it," yep. and um, and they're like, "Drove hey. the traffic up," and then they're like, "Oh, we'll keep this around for a while longer." When is it supposed to go we away? We just won't say anything. In two days. It- I thought it was March seventh that it was supposed to go oh, away. Oh, and it's still on there right now. Mm-hmm. Well, then that must mean it's not going away. Oh, yeah. You're confused, Steve. Two days from now is not Clone Wars going away. Two days from now is my birthday. That's right. Happy birthday, Teresa. On March 10th, on Mar- Kong Skull Island Day? No, don't you dare with the big monkey movie. Just, it's my birthday. He's an ape. Is that a monkey? He's an ape. <laughs> well, happy birthday. Woo! Just for you, Kong Skull Island. No. I'm going to celebrate your birthday by going to see a big monkey. Okay, you go. You do that. Harris, have you watched Logan yet? I have. It's How glorious. Is, is it good? I've got to see it. It's glorious, but that's a conversation for past I know. the corn. I know. I'm sorry. I'm getting derailed here. I'm getting derailed. Um, it's, it's an ape, not a monkey. And uh, the nebula blowing out was cool, man. When burning up those Star Destroyers... This I'll tell you the space battles from from the junkyard thing right up you know right after that with the with the star cruiser that came in and they had to fight off and it blew up uh, Mon Mothma's ship right to the final stuff was just I thought it was great I loved I loved every minute of it it, it, it it's such good animation with those ships in space well and that junkyard was the remnants of a Clone Wars battle sure yeah because those were separatist ships. Or a separatist ship that was uh, 
making up that debris field. Yeah, I like. Now, does that mean that Governor Price is dead, or did they did they escape off that? I'm certain they escaped off it because we didn't actually see the star destroyers blow up. We just see them damaged. Right. And you know they've got shields and heavy armor plating and stuff. They can they can take that kind of damage. Stinking ships. I just want. I'm ready for her to be gone. <laughs> Huh. I'm hearing some weird noises in my apartment, guys. Maybe it's a ghost. Maybe. Maybe I did an AM PM with my alarm. Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? It's kind of late to be going off, though. I don't know what's going on in my life right now. Um, I've been sitting here trying to, as we talk, find anything about the nebula in, in The Phantom Menace, and it's not... Oh, just stop. I'm probably wrong. And I was just hearing things. They probably said Naboo and I heard Nebula. Well, I can't find the uh, the Coruscant discussion for some reason. I don't know. I don't remember. I just thought I heard it and I thought that I was like, oh, a connection. And I got excited, but I didn't follow through with my research. Yeah. Well, so let's just say I'm wrong. Let's just say you misheard. On. Let's just say you got caught up in all kinds of nebula, or maybe you were thinking Guardians of the Galaxy nebula. Uh, I don't really like her that much. Nobody I like Gamora does. more. <laughs> she's Gamora. She's not a. She's not considered a nice person. Maybe you'll like her after this. Uh, this new movie comes out. Um, I, guys, I really. I'll be honest with you. Uh, before we close up, I really thought, oh great, this is going to be a talky talky episode, and I don't know that I'm going to enjoy it that much, and. I really, really enjoyed this episode, um, and it did turn out to be, you know, to to once again steal a line from Filoni. It turned out to be historic uh, in in the in the canon of, of Star Wars storytelling, and um, and I say if 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 we're going to be headed into an end of a season on this level of of historicity and and impact, which I don't know that we are, can consider next week's. But I do have something to say about next week's. Um, well, I, so do I. I say bring it on. So <laughs> what do you have to say about next week's, Eric? I think you and I probably have to say the same thing to us about Chopper. Yeah, it's about time they they realize it's just a droid with black paint on. Yeah, it's the same droid over and over That's again. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, before before yeah, I mean, we, we go, keep we keep we keep joking around that all they got to do is just send Chopper in, mm-hmm. you know, to do the stuff, and it looks like that that's what happens next week, and it backfires. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, uh, Eris, you got any final thoughts about this well, episode? Ter- Teresa was trying to make. A I'm point sorry. Go ahead, Teresa. Well, not not really a point. I wanted to talk about Hera for a minute, though, oh, because. Sure. She stood out in this episode, and Vanessa, man, yes. her delivery of those lines was amazing. And that interaction between Hera and Mon Mothma and Hera, it was almost like Hera was being taught by somebody that she admires. Mm-hmm. You know, it was this whole dynamic, and, like, she was learning from Mon Mothma, and Mon Mothma was learning from her, and we had full confidence in her, which was just amazing. And Hera was just, I was like, Wow. That is why you are in Rogue One, Missy. <laughs> well, and, and and you get the sense that, you know, Mon Mothma is aware of 
who uh, the Phoenix Cell is. You know, Phoenix Squadron. She she flat out says that she knows she knows Ezra Bridger. If she knows Ezra, then she's gonna know who Hera trusted Hera to get her to the rendezvous point. Um, and you're right, there is a you know when when the door opens and Mon Mothma walks through and Hera realizes who it is, she's like. Senator Mon Mothma, like her eyes light up and stuff, and it's like, you know, she's meeting Obama or something like that. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, it was, you know, that's kind of the the awe that she had her in. Um, I I loved Hera. It, it's episodes like this that is like, this is why we all want to see Hera in more episodes. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, that's one thing. If I have one criticism of this season, not enough Hera in this season at all. I feel like she's kind of been sidelined as we're going down the backstories of all these other characters and trying to get, you know, all these other characters. But but now you kind of, I I kind of feel like what they've been doing is moving all the right pieces into play for whatever they've got in store for the end of the season. And, um, And, And I think if we are moving closer to Rogue One, closer to a no hope that it's going to become more of kind of the, in my mind, maybe more of the military operation of the Rebel Alliance fighting against the Empire. And if that's the case, I think we will see more of Hera. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Well, and uh, listen, I say bring on, bring on more Hera. Always, always bring on more, more Hera. I'm, I'm always down for more Hera. Well, Eric, you got any more final thoughts about this particular episode before we wrap no, her up? Just that, I mean, once again, the season just gets stronger and stronger. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that 100%. Teresa? Uh, nothing other than season four has been announced that it's coming. We kind of knew that, but it's coming. I think it's going to be the last one. Um, I'm really excited. Uh, Maul is coming. Well, Two weeks. He's coming. he's coming, guys. He's coming. We, we only have three episodes left. I know. Oh, so is, I can. I'm ready to get through the chopper, whatever, and let's get to some nitty gritty stuff. So, is the mall episode then the penultimate episode? It's yes, the penultimate. Got, wow. Twin got, sons, we, and we've then got the chopper episode next week. Then the mall Obi Wan episode, and then the season finale. Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the season finale? Do we know if it's going to be a thirty-minute episode, or is it going to? Are they going to do like they've done in the past with an hour? I think it might be an hour, like two half-hour episodes. That's what I'm talking Not about. Not positive on that. Yeah. That's what I mean. That's kind of what they've done. So maybe it'll be that. Who yeah. knows? Um, well, I tell you what. Then let's uh, let's wrap her up. Uh, Arish, thanks for joining us, or thanks for being here as always, my friend. We got to get you plugged into that opening theme. For season four, baby, it's That's been right. announced. So you got till episode one of season four. There you well to revise the opening credits. All right, I will do my best to get it done by then. That's that's my guarantee to you, uh, Teresa. Uh, you got information on how people can interact with us between shows? Yeah, um, I just wanted to say that zero hour, which is the last 
the last episode, which will be on March 25th, is a two-parter. There it so is. it'll be an hour. Nice. Um, we have Double Agent Droid, and then Twin Sons, and then Zero Hour. And in between now and next week, you can email us at vaulttalk at gmail.com. There's two T's in the middle of that with all of your thoughts on Rebels, and we want to hear from you. So send us some emails. Uh, let's see, on Twitter and Instagram, we are at Disney Vault Talk. And Steve is at Steve Glosson, and I am at Ice Cold Penguin, and Arish is at Darth underscore Duff. Well done. And don't forget the Goliverse group over on Facebook. You can get there by going to geekoutonline.com slash group is the easiest way to do it. Come join up with us. There's a lot of fun discussion. Every day I get up and someone's put something new in there, at least someone. And, uh, and it's always fun to kind of see what people are talking about. I mean, and everything gets talked about. It's a Goliverse mishmash in there. Uh, someone awesome. posted someone posted something from SmackDown uh, last night, and I was just kind of chuckling about it as I saw it. I'm like, "There we go. That's what I'm talking about." Um, that wraps us up on this episode of Rebels. Next week, it's Double Agent Droid Chopper finally gets caught, and it's about time. Not that I hate Chopper or dislike him, but come on, it's the same droid every time. And and as we see in the preview, it's an older model. But I also have to attribute this. They mentioned Thrawn in that. So I, we're really seeing Thrawn starting to kind of spring his trap a little bit and starting to tighten the noose around the necks of the Rebels. So it's going to be interesting to see where we go from here. Well, that wraps us up for Erish, for Teresa. I'm Steve Glosson, and we'll see you next time on Rebel Yell. You got to have that on your playlist at Celebration, Teresa. I do. Oh, what the Ewoks on? Yeah. <laughs>